what we're going to be looking at um, today is just talking a little bit around church family. Um, we started our series out of Mark a number of, of months ago, and we felt as a leadership team just to pause that for a while and to look at some basic things again together with you. Uh, and uh, over the last couple of weeks, Clive had a look at worship and praise and what that means. And I'd like to try and speak to you this morning about being part of church family. And I'd like to speak as a dad, because I have, I, have dad, I have my own kids, as you know. But in some ways... God is the father of this church, I perfectly understand that, but I, I also have a, a responsibility as a dad in this household, in this, in this church, because um, that's just how it's worked out. And so I'd like to speak to you as a, as a dad, as a father to this church this morning, and I'd like to speak to you about belonging to a family. It really is about speaking about being a church member in a sense, but I, I'm, I'm even... I'm even uh, hesitant to use the word member because it has sort of corporate connotations, doesn't it? It has a connotation of a country club, that you join a country club and you kind of get a service and you play golf and tennis and use the sauna and you pay your, you pay your, your um, subscription and that's what you get. But church is not like that. Church is completely different. Church is about family. And so um, I want to try and speak from that place this morning as a dad, and I don't mean that in a condescending way, I mean that in a fatherly way, as this church is our family, all right? And um, I trust that the dream for this church doesn't stop with what you see. Uh, we exist for people that are not really even here, here yet. We exist for people that are yet to meet Jesus. And I keep saying to you that those 500 chairs that we bought, we are trusting are going to be filled by many, many unsaved people. And we felt as a leadership team, God saying to us, we need to expand and, and um, in our hearts and our thinking. And uh, there was a prophetic word also about exp- uh, putting your ten pegs wide. And we're preparing to do that. And so, in a practical sense, I've been speaking with Derek to the guys behind us, this uh, vegetable growing company. And they are going to be, be developing this whole piece of land behind here. And we've approached them for some parking. And so we met on, um, on, on Friday, and we have a, a verbal agreement that they're going to give us 50 parking spaces behind Glen Hopkins. They're going to open up the road from the Glen Hopkins area, and we're going to have 50 parking spaces on the corner, which we can use, which already means we could uh, grow by 200 and not have to worry about any parking. And our dream is that we would like to redevelop behind here, this existing parking area, we would like to redevelop that, take out the tar, put in a playing area for the children, a barbecue area for the summer, some chairs, some tables, some lovely flowers, some greenery, and we can have a hangout space there behind the church. All right? No one's excited about that. Come on now. And you might say, well, why even think about that when this place is not full? Well, but actually because Jesus is saying we need to expand. We need to think big. We need to dream again. And I want to encourage you to start dreaming of what can be. And it takes courage to dream, and it takes faith to dream, doesn't it? And there are always many will say, don't dream, don't dream, don't dream. I want to say God has dreams for you, and God has dreams for us as a church community. And I want to encourage you to start dreaming. Part of my dream for this church is that we would see a, a multi-sided campus of churches all working together. I don't know how that's going to work, whether they would be independent churches or whether they would be um, 
part of this church and kind of, we have a church in Hemel Hempstead, we have a church in Harpenden, wherever, and we come together. But I have a dream that God can do much, 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 much more than what we just see right now for us as a church community. There are so many people that need the love of Christ, aren't there? And, and if we had a thousand churches in, in London of a thousand people each, we would still not even do the job. <laughs> so I want to encourage you, let's begin to dream of what God can do. And part of what we've been trying to do as a leadership team is take an audit of where we are as a local church. And I think that's a good thing to do. It's a spiritual audit, it's a practical audit, and that's why we've talked into these things of praise and worship, and I'm going to be looking today at church family and be belonging to church family, what that means. And we're going to continue to do that just for a couple of weeks. And... Um, We've been studying a book together by a guy called Mark Diva, which has been uh, quite helpful. But I want to consider three questions with you today. And I tweeted this week and said, why bother with church? Why bother with this thing that we're doing? And if you'd like to have the, those questions answered, bring yourself, and that's our trust that you're here, because you want to hear about local church this morning. Why bother with local church? I mean, isn't it all just a big pain getting people together and worshiping God and trying to encourage people for mission. I mean, isn't it just too difficult? Why should we even bother with local church? Well, I want to answer that question this morning. I want to answer three questions. What is church? Why bother with church? And why join a local church family? And I hope that after this you will be encouraged and refreshed and see yourself as part of a team that is on mission to see many, many people saved. Right? So what do we mean by church? Well, Church is actually a uniquely Christian word. Did you know that? I was amused uh, last year to see that there were a bunch of atheists calling themselves a church. <laughs> and uh, I don't have a problem if atheists want to get together, but they did it, they did it like a church. And they'd get together and sing some songs, and there would be a, a, a speaker who was, prob- he was a comedian, and they'd get up, and there's a sense of, of community and doing stuff. But you know, church is a uniquely Christian word. Not even Buddhists and Hindus call their practice church. That You go to a Buddhist temple, you go to a Jewish shul, you go to a synagogue. Church is a uniquely Christian word. Why is that so? Well, because it's about community. It's about being, people being called together. It's about people that have been saved by the grace of God, joining their hearts and their hands together and opening their lives to each other. And from the beginning of the church in the book of Acts, it has always been about a covenantal, loving community that is covenanted first to God and then to each other. Church is uniquely Christian. And so church has always been described in, in those ways in the Bible. That uh, it's just, it, it, The Bible uses words like family, household, temple, body to describe this thing that we are part of. And there certainly are a few passages in, in the New Testament that talk about the universal church. When you are saved, when you become a Christian, you automatically are, automatically are made part of the universal church, the body of Christ in the world, all right? And so that's, that happens when you're saved. And there are a number of passages in the New Testament that speak about that. But the overwhelming majority of passages in the New Testament that speak about church, speak about a local body of people in a specific area who have called, been called together by Christ and have joined their hearts together and are on a mission together as a community. And so I want to encourage you that we begin to see church in those terms. It's, you can be excluded from church. Did you know that? 
Uh, there's, a, there's a story in 1 Corinthians chapter 5 about a guy who's sleeping with his mother-in-law. <laughs> and Paul says, actually, that's not how Christians behave. And if you don't repent of that, you need to leave the church, which implies that it is a body that you know you are part of. It's not just some kind of abstract wishy-washy thing that you kind of half in and half out. No, you are, you are, there's a covenant commitment to a local community that the Bible speaks quite clearly about. And so, why bother with this thing of church? Well, it's wonderful to enjoy the prophetic promises of God, and one of the things that God um, promised us as a local community is that it would be a place where the lonely could come and find family. He said out of the Psalms that he wanted to set the lonely in families. You know what I've discovered? That even good things can be things that people are suspicious of. (laughs) What do I mean by that? Well, We live in a world, we live in a community that is suspicious and negative about commitment. Even if it's a a good thing, people are are suspicious about commitment. There seems to be a phobia about good things even. Uh, People will think, well, if you want me to join something, what what do you really want? And and, uh, you're going to trap me and and you, you don't have my best interest at heart. And there's this kind of suspicion in society. Um... Secondly, you add to that our very individualistic society, which is all about me and my needs, and um, how can I best find fulfillment as an individual. If you add all those things together, you have a, a hostile environment in terms of responding to local church. All those things together. Why should I bother with any group of people? Why would I want to be involved with anyone else? It's just too complicated. It's a burden. Um, I don't want to become a burden to anyone. It's just me and Jesus and my relationship with Him, and that's all it needs, needs to be about. Well, these things are, are things that we have to encourage each other through so that we can see the value of what God wants to do together with us. I've been asking myself some other questions this week. Is the idea of belonging to a a local church even valid? Uh, Is it not exclusive? Isn't it being exclusive to say you in and then to say to someone else you out? Isn't that unchristian to do that? Shouldn't Christians just love everybody? Um, Isn't that enough just to belong to the universal church, to be saved, and then just have the option of going to this church one week and that church next week and listen to an internet preacher who you enjoy and I've got nothing against internet preaching and listen to worship from this place. I mean, don't we have the choice as individuals just to, to exist like that as Christians? Well, I want to say to you that I hope after this you'll be able to answer those questions for yourself. But I want to say personally, right up front, for me, I am fully convinced that belonging to a local church family is a key step in bringing revival to communities in evangelizing the nation, in evangelizing local um, uh, communities, and seeing the kingdom of God come. It's a key, key ingredient. And it's all for the sake of God's glory. I'm fully convinced that Jesus passionately loves the local church, passionately loves the local church, and loves local churches all over the world, and I'm fully convinced that the local church is the hope of the world. I am. That's why I'm doing this thing. I'm fully convinced that the local church is the hope of the world. I've had some amazing experiences um, being involved. I was saved at 13, 
And uh, I've been serving in a full-time kind of capacity since my late 20s. So I've been serving in various ways in the local church for 25 years. I've had the great joy of making some amazing friendships in the local church that have been sustained over 25 years. I've walked with my wife on the Great Wall of China because of the local church. I've sat in Mongolia, on the grasslands of Mongolia, drinking Ari, which is a yogurt drink made with mare's milk and fermented with mare's urine. And I've, I've sat drinking that with local Mongolians in a gur, all because of the local church. I have been in Singapore, Malaysia. I have been in North and South America. I've been all over the world because of the local church. I've had some of the most amazing experiences in my life through the local church. The church is beautiful. The church is wonderful. I've also had some painful things. I was just saying to some guys yesterday, I, I had to do a funeral of a 26-year-old man who died from cancer. I, I, I've had to counsel families that their teenage son driving a motorbike Someone opened the car door, went into the, into the um, car, paralyzed from the neck down as a teenager. I still keep contact with him on Facebook. I've seen people murdered. The person, that I used to, the person that I used to rent my house from in Johannesburg, they used to own a dairy, and the husband was murdered in his home. And I had to, we had to help and counsel the person the wife through that. I've had some very, very painful experiences. What I'm trying to say to you, that the church is a messy, beautiful bride that Jesus is coming back for and he loves passionately with all of his heart. And why should we bother with local church? Because Jesus loves local church passionately. It's the, it's the thing of his heart. He said, I will build my church in the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Why do we do this thing? Because primarily it matters to God and it matters to Jesus more than anything else that his church thrives. That's what he's coming back for. He cares so much for it that he calls it his bride. He's coming back for a bride, which is all of his church together. I trust that that inspires you, encourages you, refreshes you. That's why we do what we do, because it matters so much to Jesus. Amen? So why join a church family? Well, I've kind of said because it matters to Jesus, but I want to give you some other biblical things this morning, five or six things that I think are very, very positive affirmations of the local church. First of all, we all need to be part of a local church because it's a sign that we're saved. It's a sign of salvation. It's a sign of authentic biblical conversion to belong to a local church community. It doesn't save you, but it certainly is a sign that you are saved if you belong to a local church. And a friend of ours, um, Greg Downs, came and preached. I don't know if you remember, he preached about the three C's of, of authentic biblical conversion. Do you remember what he said? We're converted to Christ. We get saved. We're converted to the community of Christ, which is the church. And we are converted to the call of Christ, the great commission to go out and make disciples. That's what we are uh, converted to. And if one of those things is not in place in our lives, our conversion is deficient. It's, it's lacking. I'm not saying it's not real, but it's, it's not biblical. It's not the fullness of what God has for us. We can't love Jesus. We can't love God whom we have not seen 
and without loving brothers that we have seen. Surely. I mean, this is just um, quite... It's impossible. <laughs> it's impossible. The, the kingdom of God is very practical. Love is very, very practical. And so that same message that's transformed us and transformed our lives, we, we must be those that take that transfer transformational message out into the community, and we're trying to encourage you as a local church, all of us, that the main thing that we do is not on a Sunday. The main thing that we do is on a Monday to a Saturday night. The main thing that we are about is others. It's people who don't know Jesus. Why do we come together on a Sunday here? It's simply to encourage each other, to enjoy the presence of God like we did this morning, to be instructed by the Word of God, to have fellowship together so that we can get strong and encouraged because we have to live the life Saturday, uh, well, Sunday to Saturday. That's what we're called to do, to live the life. To be a light, as the Bible says, to be salt, all these basic, basic images, that's the main thing. And so I encourage you that you live your life with passion because it is the main thing. It is the main thing. Uh, I know there are some that say that you can love Jesus but not be part of the local church. And I also know that there are many that, uh, through a variety of choices, have just let the attractions of the world dazzle them more than the fellowship of God's people. But being part of a local church is part of authentic Christianity. And I've, said, I've tried to say to you already this morning, it's about community, it's about family, it's about a community of faith, it's about a community of faith that boldly takes the gospel out into the world and lives it out during the week. So a true family of God, a local expression of God's um, church, is a community that's saved by the grace of God, but it's also a loving community that takes care of and shares responsibility for the encouragement of every son and daughter in the house. Yeah? We are all sons and daughters in this household. And it's our responsibility together to encourage each other, pray for each other, lift each other's hands up, stand with people that are struggling. That's our responsibility together. Amen? And so there's this thing that Jesus speaks about where he calls disciples to himself and he trains the twelve and at the same time he's preaching to the masses, isn't he? And that's our responsibility as well. We all have that responsibility to preach to the masses, everyone we can, we share the word of God with and at the same time we are building in our own lives with a few people that we are responsible to, that we are accountable to, that we are opening our hearts and our lives up and saying, please help me, I need your help. This is church community. So, we are always encouraged in the Gospels to encourage each other. And if we love Jesus and obey Him, we will be those that love His people and encourage His people. And so, when we join the church family, really, we put ourselves in a position where we ask our brothers and sisters to help us, and that we are accountable to each other. I want to just say to you, all of us have problems, all right? <laughs> all of us have problems. I have problems. Ask my wife. She'll tell you about my problems. You have problems. That's what churches should be, full of a place where people with problems can come. And they can have their problems dealt with and fixed up by the Holy Spirit and by the encouragement of other people. Surely that's what church is about. 
So if you've got problems this morning, I want to say, welcome. I've got problems this morning, and we've all got problems together, but the good news is Jesus is healing the brokenhearted. Jesus is fixing up people with problems so that we can become more and more like him. That's what we're about. Uh, 1 John 4.20 If anyone says, I love God, but hates his brother, he is a liar. For who does not love his brother who... He who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And so there's a sense of us joining hands together and standing with each other. So it means we have to ask ourselves some pertinent questions. It means we have to ask ourselves some difficult questions. It's easy to say we love God and we know the limitless love of God in this kind of outward sense. You know where it's harder is when you actually have to get on with people. <laughs> Isn't it easy to say, oh God, yes, I love you and it's just so wonderful to worship, but to get on with people is so hard. <laughs> Isn't it? That's where the rubber hits the road in the local church. And so... Christian life, life is not just about us as individuals. It's not just about those that we're trying to reach with the gospel. It's also about being a part of a committed family that helps to encourage each other and make disciples of people that are already saved. That's part of church family. And so I want to encourage you. You know, if, if we're not part of local church, it's like we're sailing our own little ship in our own way. And I, 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 I want to say to you, when you're in, in the storm, you don't want to be by yourself, eh? <laughs> Sailing your ship on your own through the storm. No, we need each other. We need each other, surely. And so I want to encourage you, don't pick and choose between local churches or listening to this one or going there. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not against those things. But there must be a place where you are rooting yourself in community so that people can know you and love you, and you can open your heart to others, and they can open their heart to you. This is what God has for us. Amen? So that's the first thing. It's authentic biblical conversion. Secondly, it shows our love for Jesus and also for his people. Joining a local fellowship, a local community, a local family, whatever you want to call it, is an outward reflection of something that's already happened on the inside of our lives because we love Jesus. And uh, for those of you that are married, you know that you know, spontaneous love, I said this the other day, spontaneous love is an amazing thing. It's wonderful to have those spontaneous moments in your marriage where just magical things happen. But real love also needs some covenant. <laughs> it needs some commitment. It needs some discipline. It needs saying, actually, I'm in this thing till I die. That's, that's right. Wouldn't you agree? That, that's what marriage is based on. It's that irrevocable sense of, I am not going to let you go. Hey, Joel. <laughs> and for all those others that are married. And what it, I want to put it to you that Jesus loves the church with that same kind of love. Why? Because it says so in Ephesians. Ephesians 5.25. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for the church. <laughs> Jesus gave himself for his church. When Paul was on the road to um, Damascus and he has that amazing revelation of, of Jesus and this blinding light appears to him, what does Jesus say? Paul, why are you persecuting me? Who was Paul persecuting? He was persecuting the church. 
He was doing bad stuff to the church and immediately he has this revelation that Jesus and his church are together linked. You can't separate the two. If we love Jesus, we will love his church. We will love our brothers and sisters. We will open our hearts. So, I want to encourage you this morning. I'm doing my best to encourage you. And we're called, you know, really, as church members... Church family, we're called to do what all Christians are called to do. What are all Christians called to do? To be baptized if we believe, to break bread regularly, to hear God's word, to obey God's word, to meet together regularly for fellowship and encouragement. We're to love God, we're to love each other, and we are to love those outside of the church family so that the kingdom come, can come, so that revival can come, so that Jesus can come back. It's very simple, isn't it? That's what we're called to do. Love God with all of our hearts, love each other with all of our hearts, and love everybody outside of the church with all of our hearts. Simple. <laughs> That's church life. And we ask, we're called to show evidence of the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Galatians 5, we'll look at this a little bit more in detail next week. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Isn't it true? It's easy to love God. It's hard to be self-controlled, patient, kind, gentle to all in the local church community. It's impossible without the Holy Spirit, isn't it? All right. How long have I been going? 10 minutes, 15, 20? Okay. I'll try and not be too long, all right? <laughs> Thirdly, so... Why should we belong to a local church? It's a sign of authentic biblical conversion. Secondly, it shows love for Jesus and for his people. Thirdly, it's a sign that we are becoming disciples. It's a sign that we're becoming disciples. It's part of understanding what God has called you to, is to belong to a local church family where he can speak to you about that and you can begin to work that out. It's about becoming a disciple. If you're not a Christian here this morning, if, you, if you've never been saved and, and um, you don't... You don't know Jesus in that, in that way. Uh, I would encourage you that you don't have to worry about becoming a member of a church because be- becoming a member of a church is, is about knowing Jesus primarily. But I would encourage you to be part of a church community because then you can find out what Christians believe. Yeah, in a very practical way. If you don't know, if you're not saved, if you don't have come to that point of faith, you can still be part of a church community to find out what Christians believe. And what is this all about? And why do they do this stuff? So if you don't know Christ this morning, I want to encourage you, still hang out with the church community. Why? So that you can understand about Jesus. Yeah? Absolutely. And if you are saved this morning, which is the majority of us, I trust, I do want to ask you some questions. What do you think it means to live the Christian life? Is it really just about our individual convictions? Uh, individual virtues and self-disciplines that we work on, knowing Jesus, prayer, all that kind of stuff, that we are honest, that we uh, are faithful to our spouses, that we believe certain things to be true. Is it really just about that? All individual stuff. Well, my conviction is it's much, much more than that. My conviction is that the Christian life basically is a life lived for others. I'm convinced. By definition, it's other-centered. It's true that we are called to love all of God's people. Who are those others? Well, are they people in your life groups, people that you work with at school? Are they your mates, your friends? I answer you that the church is for everyone. <laughs> the church is for everyone who's a Christian. 
And so, in our hearts, we are saying that this church community, we want it to be a multicultural, multi-generational church. We don't just want it to be a homogeneous, white, middle-class church. No, why? Because God is not a white, middle-class God. I don't, I'm white and middle-class, so I'm not worried about that. But you hear what I am saying? We want every tribe, every people group, every nation. Why? Because God is the God of the nations. And we want a multicultural church. We want a multi-generational church. Why? Because there are, in every family, there are granddads and grandmoms and aunts and uncles and sons and daughters and husbands. And, that's everybody in the church. So I'm saying everyone's welcome. Am I too loud? You're looking a bit shocked this morning. I'm sorry about that if I'm loud. God has called us to see the community transformed and to see the nation transformed, and it's time to dream big about what God is calling us to do. Amen? Tim Keller said this. He's one of my favorite writers. He said this, If you're never able to live more than, for more than your pocketbook, your stomach, and your career, you will never be a blessing to those around you. It's challenging, isn't it? If you don't live for your, more than your stomach, more than your own um, income, and more than your career, if you're not living for more, you'll never be a blessing to those around you. And I want to encourage you, we are called, like Abraham was, we are called to be a blessing to others. That's our call. Fourthly, joining a local church is a primary means of evangelizing. I've, I've kind of said this already, I won't dwell, dwell long here, but we are called to preach the good news, and we can better preach the good news together than we can by trying to do it ourselves, alone. I mean, I, I'm, I think it's wonderful that we want to go out on the streets, but I want to encourage you that in every area of your life, you're joining with other people to see what you can do together to bring the kingdom more effectively. All right? So we are, by definition, missional, and we call to live that out by taking care of the poor and the needy. And this is the thing that I just was thinking about this week. You know, in heaven one day, when we're with Jesus, we won't have to do that anymore. There'll be no more evangelizing. There'll be no more people to be saved. And we're just going to be involved in worshiping God forever. So let's enjoy it now while we can. All right? It's a great adventure that we can all enjoy. See the nations transformed and the kingdom come. And then fifthly, being part, belonging to local church helps us to learn and demonstrate the true gospel. Right? I've said to you before that my dream is that our dream as a leadership team is that you would so know the authentic gospel in this church that you would be able to tell when you're not hearing the authentic gospel and that you will live out the authentic gospel in your own life. You know what I think uh, I'm convinced of? We need, to, we need to expose the idea that Christians are really annoyingly self-righteous prats that are upset when anybody anywhere in the world has a good time and above all else, they're concerned with their own self-righteousness. That's how many people perceive Christians to be. W- w- would you agree? I, th- I think it's true. Annoyingly self-righteous prats who just don't like it when anyone else has fun. Well, what's the best way to dismantle that worldview? Is to be part of a church community that displays exactly the opposite that explains the love of God, that displays the love of Christ, where the fruits of the Spirit are evident and people are accepted for who they are and they come in and they come with all their problems and they're messed up and they're transformed by the Holy Spirit and their lives are transformed and they come out stronger, more effective, happy, joyful, not depressed. That's the best advert for the local church. No? Yes! We can't get excited, guys. 
And so let's learn to demonstrate the true gospel through the local church. And then second, lastly, and this is what really excites me, if you're part of a local church, you get the opportunity to build up other believers. Build up other believers. There's this cancer of individualism, which is a huge problem in our nation, and it's a huge problem for local churches. And I want to say to you that belonging to a church family helps to counter that wrong individualism in our uh, community. It helps you to understand that life is about other people, not just yourself. Life is, is, and, and Christian faith has a community nature to it. It's about us all together. Last night we had a, well this week actually, we've had an opportunity on Friday and Saturday to have a dinner with people in this, in this church. They've both been just amazing times. We, we've really enjoyed each other. And we've laughed and we've had a great, great time. But you know, some people would say that that actually is enough for church. It's just little, it's just a little groups of people getting together and having fun and breaking bread. And all we need to do is just be like these little groups of people. Actually, you know what I was thinking last night when we were having our bunny chow with, with our friends? We were eating curry together and we had an amazing time. I thought this to myself. This is an expression of church, but this is not church. You know why it's not church? Because all of you were not there. It was a beautiful time. It was an amazing time. And we could have broken bread together and we could have had a time of worship. And the seven of us would have had a great time. But you know what? None of you were there. And so it's not the full expression of church. The full expression of church is when we are all together, all worshiping God. Amen. Come on. It's worth getting excited. And so... I want to say this again. Maybe you've got a problem with anger, with guilt, with gossip. Maybe you've got a problem with alcohol, with other addictions. Maybe you've got a problem with sexual addiction. I want to say to you, churches where brothers and sisters get together and help each other work through the problems. And so have you got a problem with gossip in the local church? Expect someone to, you, to come up to you and say, don't speak like that. It's not helpful. And when they do, don't get offended. They're helping you with, with your problem. If you get angry and fly off the handle and someone comes up to you and says, Jill, please don't. It's not good for you to shout like that. Well, she's the only one I can see clearly from you. It's because they love you that they're saying, please don't get angry. It's not helpful. We're trying to help each other with our problems. And the Holy Spirit helps us to help each other. Surely. Amen? And so it is. Part of local church is aiming, being concerned for, caring for each other. And we might not do it perfectly, but at least let's aim there. Let's, let's aim to build each other up. <laughs> let's aim to, to encourage each other. Let's aim to stand with each other. Let's aim to bind up other people's wounds. Surely. Maybe you've got a problem with trust. Maybe you've been, in your life, you've found that people are not trustworthy. Maybe you've come out of a really ugly situation in a marriage where you haven't been able to trust the other person. Well, I want to say to you that over time, God can show us in local church that we can trust Him, and over time, we can begin to trust each other. I'm convinced of it. So, 
I, I saw, I've read this uh, proverb, I, I don't know if it is African or Chinese, but uh, I've heard Chinese people say it's a Chinese proverb, and I've heard African people say it's an African proverb, so whatever it is, it takes a whole village to raise a child. Have you ever heard that? It takes a whole village to raise a child. Well, I want to say to you, in church community, your personal growth is not just your own problem. In this sense, it takes a whole church to help us grow. That's it. You see my blind spots, I see yours. Why are they blind spots? Because you can't see them. That's why they're called blind spots. You just can't see it. Other person can see it and say, well, that's a little problem, and you just can't see it. Why? It's your blind spot. Now, this book we were reading, um, this guy quotes Hebrews ten nineteen, which he calls the lettuce patch of the New Testament. And he calls it the lettuce patch of the New Testament because it keeps encouraging us. It keeps saying things like, let us do this, let us do this, let us do this. And I want to read it to you. It says this, Therefore, holy brothers, and we talked about worship in the last couple of weeks, since we have confidence to enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he's opened for us through the curtain, that is, through his flesh, and since we now have a great priest over the house of God, that's Jesus, listen to the encouragements. Let us draw near with a true heart. All of us. Let us all draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us, all of us, let us hold fast to the confession of hope that we have without wavering for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider, all of us, let us consider how to stir up one another to love. Isn't that a beautiful thought? We're called to stir each other up to love each other more and to do good works, not neglecting to meet together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. That's what we are called to do. That's what you and I are called to give ourselves to. The church family is an opportunity for all of us to link hands and hearts in responsibility and love for each other and connect ourselves to a church family like this one and uh, to open our lives and give ourselves an attendance in prayer, in giving, in service. So I want to ask you, <laughs> as a church family, as we move forward into the future, can Forest Town Church depend on you? Can the church depend on you? What do I mean by that? Well, it's very, very practical. Can we depend on you to pray? <laughs> Can we depend on you to serve? Can we depend on you to give? Can we depend on you to preserve the unity in this beautiful family? Can we depend on you? Can I depend on you? Can you depend on each other? You see, I've had people say this to me over the last years. You don't own this local church. And I know I don't own this local church. I know that this is God's church. I know that. But I want to say for us to go further in what God has for all of us, all of us need to own this local church. There comes a sense of ownership. There's, God, this great thing that you are doing, it is mine too. And I'm going to own it. What does that mean? It means I own the community. It means I love the people. It means I own the budget of the church. It means I own the vision. I own the goals. They are mine. They are beating in my heart. And they motivate me. Yeah, that was a bit loud. We own the thing together. And it's my responsibility just to try and coordinate with the, with the leadership team. But it is your thing. 
as much as it is my thing. Are you with me? Someone say something. Yeah. So what I'm asking you to do is we move from being consumers to being joyous stewards of God's church. Not fickle consumers going from this flower to that flower, this conference to that conference. I love conferences, and Helen went to one yesterday. But we are rooted in a community, which is ours, which we own. We own the vision of, we own the people, we love the people, and we pray for the people, and we are passionate about what God is doing in that given space and time. Are you with me? Fully involved for the sake of the gospel. And Paul actually even says, isn't this amazing? That even our spiritual gifts, what are our spiritual gifts there for? To build up the local church. So if you've got a prophetic gift, prophesy in your home group and prophesy in the local church. If you've got a gift of encouragement, go around encouraging everybody in the local church. That's where your primary gifting is worked out. So, can I ask all of us, do we love God's people? In this family? Do we love all of God's people? Do we feel positive towards them? Are we actively giving towards them? Do we love them practically with our hands, with our words, with our money, with our time? Do we love people in this local community? Do we help them when they're feeling weak? Do we we lift up people's hands when they're feeling weak? You know, it's wonderful to worship together, to study God's Word together, to pray, intercede. Those are all wonderful things. They're brilliant things. But more than that, we can actually encourage each other daily and lift each other's hands daily and share each other's burdens daily. That is what I think John meant when he wrote in 1 John 3.18, Dear children, let us not love with words or tongue, but with actions and in truth. That's what he meant. Very practical. Hope you're glad you came this morning. (laughs) And lastly, lastly, it glorifies God. It glorifies God. The local church, why should you join a local church? Because it glorifies God. It glorifies God. There's two scriptures I want to read to you. Peter says in 1 Peter 2.12, Keep your conduct amongst the Gentiles honorable, so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God. That's what Peter says. What, about, what does Jesus say on the Mount of, um, Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, 16? In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they might see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. It does matter how you live. How you live either brings glory to God and His church, or it doesn't. Are you with me? It's very, very simple. We make things so complicated. Actually, it's very simple. Does how I respond to God's church bring glory to Him? Am I actively helping Him to, to preserve unity in the local church, or am I breaking it down? If I'm breaking down the local church, I'm not glorifying God. If I'm building the church up, I'm glorifying God. How I live really does matter. Let your light shine. And so we're called to do that individually and let our light shine and to bring glory to God and we're called to do it together as a church community. What did Jesus say? John 13. I love this. I learned this as a child. A new commandment I give to you. You can complete it, can't you? That you? Love one another. Just as I've loved you, you are also to love one another. By this, 
the fact that you love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. Jesus said he was building his church, Matthew 16, 18. And so that's what Jesus is doing, and that's what Jesus is passionate about. And I want to encourage you that it should become something that you are passionate about and that you are giving yourself to just as I am. And, you know, sometimes we can get frustrated with, with church. I've often been frustrated with church in my, in my life. <laughs> I have been frustrated with local church. And if you've been a Christian for a while, you probably have too. But I want to say this to you. Remember, when you're feeling frustrated, God wants to include you in a church family, not for what you do for the family, not for the function that you might perform in the family, but simply because you are a son and you are a daughter and you are adopted into the family as a son and a daughter. That's why God wants you to belong. And your relationships in the family bring glory to God. So I want to ask you, over the next couple of weeks, I'm going to ask this question often. If you see yourself as a member of this congregation, of this church community, if you see yourself as part of the family, will you join hands with everybody else? Will you join hearts? Will you open your heart to the family? You know, it's risky to open your heart to others, isn't it? Because when you open your heart to others, you can get hurt. But isn't that what a relationship is about, isn't it? It's opening your heart to other people. Can you allow yourself to depend on others? Can you actually say, I need you? (laughs) I mean, we can come on a Sunday and sit in our seat and have our coffee and just leave and not need anybody. I'm not sure that's really church community. Church community is saying, God, I'm opening my heart to these people. I'm going to let them see inside, not to everybody, but to some. And in the same way, I'm going to let this family know that they can depend on me to pray, to serve, to love, to give, to own the vision, to see that many will be saved and come to faith in Jesus. And I want to, serious, I want to say this seriously with you, and I'm not looking for a response right now, but over the next couple of weeks, I want to ask you to reaffirm your commitment to this local church. So think about it. Think about what I'm saying. Because it's a, it's, a, it's a covenant. Yeah? And we're going to welcome some new people in that have said they want to join this family. And so we're going to welcome in Ed and Inshin and uh, Donna Edwards and a couple of others that have been part of, uh, have said, verbalized and said, we want to make this our home. We're going to pray for them. And as we do that in, in next week, I want to, I'm going to ask you as well to re- reaffirm, if you want to, and it's no, I'm not putting this on anyone, to reaffirm your own commitment to this church family. That it's the place that you want to join yourself, open your heart, serve, pray, worship, give, and love the people. And so I want to to ask you to think about it carefully and think about it prayerfully so that when we do respond, it's with a sense, I have thought about this, Lord, and I am doing this with all of my heart I'm doing. Amen?